Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, The Power of the Preached Word, in the sermon series, Simple Church. We're glad you're here. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God. And he still has the power to speak a word to us. A word that will give us strength and give us hope. A word that will give us peace. And we just plead with the Lord on today. Speak your word to us. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy and peace, we tell you thank you. You've been so good, so kind, and so merciful. Thank you for this day and this moment of time you've blessed us with to gather here in your name. For God, as the song just continued to say, we need a word from you on today. God, I am your willing vessel to be used, but God, speak through me. At the end of this sermon, people would not say what a great word from Pastor Allen, but what a great word from God. People not only hear my voice, God, but they will hear the voice of God in this sermon. Someone may come running asking, what must I do to be saved? We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. We are grateful and thankful for all that God has done and all that he continues to do. And we're grateful that he has blessed us with another chance and opportunity uh, to gather. This year, our goal and our motto is to be a simple church. Our goal is to be a simple church to focus on prayer, preaching the word of God, practicing our faith, and people. And last week we talked about prayer. This week we want to talk about the word of God. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 41. If you have your Bibles, please turn that with me. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 36. And as we honor um, the legend, Dr. King, for without his work and his services, we would not be where we are today, and we thank the God in him, amen, um, for blessing him with the courage to stand and to be a drum major for justice, amen. And so we give God honor uh, for his life and for what he has done for the African-American people. Acts chapter 2, 36. <coughs> Therefore... Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will 
called. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the church. Then those who gladly received his word. I want to preach from the topic today, the power of the preached word. Power of the preached word. My homiletics professor, Dr. James Henry Harris, writes in his book, Preaching Liberation. He says, preaching is the most important act the preacher performs because it interprets the meaning of God and Jesus Christ for the believing community. Preaching is spiritually investigating the holy word and interpreting what God said back then that it may apply to what's going on right now. Preaching is proclaiming the heart of God that the listeners may be able to find their way back to God. Preaching is what informs us of our own, lifts us when we're down, and inspires us when we are weak. Preaching illuminates our faults, modifies our failures, and increases our ability to have faith in God. Preach word should always produce change. God has designed the preaching moment to correct and challenge the human life. The preach word of God restores, refreshes, and revives. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Preacher serves as the mediator of meaning, whose primary purpose is to interpret the word of God. Dr. Grant Howard says that the preacher must be able to tell the people what they suspect but cannot put into words. Here in the text, Peter preaches under the power of the Holy Ghost. In the Gospels, Peter is known as the one Uh, for speaking higher than his abilities. While Jesus is walking on the sea in the midst of the storm, Peter is the one that proclaimed to Jesus, let me come out there and walk with you. Peter walks, but because he loses his faith, he begins to sink, but Jesus picks him up. It's Peter and James and John that Jesus tells them, hey, sit with us just a little while, and as I go pray in the garden, and and, and they are found sleep. He's speaking higher than his ability. It's Peter that was at the table at the Last Supper that said, Jesus, I will never deny you. Yet here is this Peter, the same one who messed up many times before, is now infused with the Holy Spirit and proclaiming the word of God, and thousands of people are being added to the church This is what makes the preacher so important to the body of Christ. Their failures enhances their testimony. I wish I had a witness here. 
Notice the first thing that happens after the Holy Ghost comes, after the Holy Spirit ascends from heaven and falls, descends from heaven and falls on people, uh, the first thing that occurs is a sermon. This allows me to know that the preached word of God is essential to the life of the believer. And I plead with each and every one of you, every time you hear a sermon preach, that you listen to what the preacher is saying. Because one day you may have to live that sermon. <clears throat> Let me say that one more time. I, I pray that, that, that when every time you listen to a sermon, that you pay attention to what the sermon is saying because one day you may have to live that sermon. I wish I had a witness here. You, you may not be in a storm now. But you'll remember when the preacher talked about the disciples being in a storm and going down to the base, the lower part of the boat and getting Jesus and bring them to the top and Jesus speaking, peace be still. Have, have I got a witness? You, you, you may not be hungry or wanting for anything now, but you'll remember the sermon when the preacher preached about two fish and five loaves and how Jesus took a little and made a lot. You better listen to the, the sermon. You may not be in a fiery furnace now. But when life begins to heat up around you, it'll remind you of the sermon the preacher preached of the three Hebrew boys who said, we're not going to bow, but we're going to trust in the name of Jesus. You may not be in it now, but one of these days, if you keep on living, there's going to come a time where you will live what the preacher preach. The preach word of God has the power to pull us out of our pits, to relieve us of our pain and encourage us that we can make it through the problems of this life. And just like the song just said, Lord, we need a word from you. If we're going to make it in this world, we need a word from you. If we're going to endure these trials and tribulations, we need a word from you. We're not looking for another miracle. We're not looking for other blessings. We're not looking for you to do anything uh, uh, big. But God, we need to just hear from you. I wish I had a witness. And if we can hear from you through your word, it'll give us strength to make it through the day. Peter said, the necessity to preach this sermon because the people were confused about what had just happened through the Holy Ghost. Peter takes the text from Joel chapter 2. Peter explains what, what's happening not with his own words, but he used the word of God. The people were confused because they... Uh, uh, in the room, 120 people are in one room and the Holy Spirit descends like tongues of fire on them and a mighty rushing wind come through and they begin to speak in other languages. They didn't speak in unknown tongues. They began to speak other dialects. And, and, and it, was, it was people on the outside that was in the area because of the Passover. I wish I had a witness. They had traveled and, and they, 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 they're going back home and they hear these Jewish people speaking their language. They, they, they hear these Jewish people speaking their language, so they wait outside. And, and as Peter and the others are coming out, they ask the question, what's going on here? Are you all drunk? 
Peter, he goes to Joel chapter 2 and lets them know that in the last days, God was going to pour out his spirit on all men, young boys and girls. Everyone will have the spirit of God. Peter said, we are not drunk on wine. We're drunk in the spirit. I wish I had a witness. Understand, uh, I'm pretty sure I got a witness to understand what it is to be drunk. Uh, uh, don't don't get too quiet too soon, Amen. You you, you understand that 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 when you put that liquid courage inside of you, you say things that you wouldn't normally say if you were sober. I wish I would have had a witness here. Once you put it inside of you, it makes you do things you wouldn't normally do. I wish I had a witness here. Once you put it inside of you, it make you go places you know you're not supposed to be in. And I'm just here to tell somebody. If you get the Holy Ghost, it's better than ENJ. I wish I had a witness. It's better than Sirach. It's better than any drink, and it keep you where God wants you to go. Peter. Peter said, no, no. Wait, wait a minute. Peter said, hold up. Um, it's too early to be drunk. It's, it, it's, too, it's too early for us to be drinking. Amen. And we, we, we're not drunk off wine, but we're drunk <clears throat> off the spirit. And after explaining what had just occurred with the word of God, Peter began to preach about Jesus. So the question today is, what, what makes the preach word so powerful? Preach word so powerful. Well, the first thing we see in this text is, if you're going to preach the word, it must be Christ-centered. The preach word must be Christ-centered. And I know, I know, I know, I know many of you are saying, well, 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 Pastor, I have not been called to preach the word in the pulpit. And I'm glad. Amen. I'm glad about that. <laughs> but, but God has ordained all of us to be proclaimers of the gospel. Well, you, you, you may not hold a microphone and stand in the pulpit at a church or on the street corner, but you have the opportunity to proclaim the word of God. You, you may not have a preaching license, but you can articulate what you've learned by reading the spiritual text that God has given us. And you just need to ensure that what you're saying is true but most importantly, that what you're saying is Christ-centered. Peter preaches about Christ, and he wants to show that the ultimate cause of the Spirit's coming is the ministry of Jesus Christ. The best way to understand Pentecost is not through the prophet Joel, but it's through Jesus Christ. <coughs> Peter centers his attention on Jesus. Jesus' life, verse 22. Jesus' death, verse 23. And Jesus' resurrection, verse 24. This is what every sermon must have in it. The gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish I had a witness here. Pete, Peter tells them, you knew Jesus. You saw his miracles, his wonders, his signs. But, but you decided to kill him. He, Jesus came not just to reveal God, but to die for the sins of the world. M matter of fact, you love David more 
then you love Jesus. But um, go check David's grave. You will find that there are still bones there. But, 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 but if you go to Jesus' grave, you will discover he's not there, but he's sitting at the right hand of God. The resurrection is the center of preaching and theology of any person proclaiming the word of God. God reversed the verdict and changed the cross from the sign of humiliation and uh, death into the sign of life in salvation because of the resurrection. Verse 36 says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Lord means that he's the master of the or ruler of all. He has dominion with no restraint. Not only is he the Lord, but he's also the Christ. Let me help you all here. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Amen. If you don't learn nothing else today, hopefully you learn this. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ in the Greek is Christos, which means the anointed one. In Hebrew, it's, it means Messiah. Messiah is the promised deliverer sent by God for the salvation of the world. <clears throat> Lord means he rules over all. Christ suggests he's connected to all. Lord says he has dominion over all, but Christ says he's a servant to all. I wish I had a witness here. Lord says he has all the power, but Christ says he died in order to give us the power. Huh, he is Lord and he is Christ. And whenever a sermon is preached, either from the pulpit or from social media or in the grocery store, the theme of the sermon should always be Christ. And more than anything today, we need more sermons about Jesus. When life is turned upside down, we need to hear about Jesus. Uh, when your money is funny and your change is strange, you need to hear about Jesus. Uh, when sickness is in your body, when trouble is on your job, you need to hear about Jesus. When the neighborhood can't seem to get it together when the school system needs some help we need to hear about Jesus no matter what's going on Jesus is always the answer the word must be Christ centered but then the preach word convicts and it convinces convicts and convinces when, when they heard the preach word it cut them to their hearts the word convicted them that they were doing something wrong. The word of God entered into them and was as a sharp sword, which cut and laid open their hearts. They saw themselves guilty of the crime and they were filled with remorse. It's the preach word that God uses to shine his light from heaven on us, exposing who we really are, and acknowledging that we need to be cleansed by him. 
It's the preached word that convicts us of all of our sins that we've committed against God. And yes, the sermon must be filled with encouragement and hope, but there should be some Sundays when you leave sad and convicted because the word revealed the truth about what you've been doing. Y'all, y'all not going to feel me here. Some, some Sundays you should leave angry with the preacher because the preach word has pricked your heart and it irritated you because you know he or she was telling the truth. <coughs> Matter of fact, if it had not been for the preach word of God, some of us would still be in some mess. If it had not been for the preached word of God, some of us would still be in some trouble. If it had not been for the preached word of God that pulled us out and pointed us unto God, some of us would still just be Sunday morning saints where we just come to church, get our word, go home, and live any type of way. But thank God for the preached word of God that has changed our lives. After hearing the preached word of God, the people asked the question, um, what shall we do? They were convicted by the preached word, but they also was convinced by the preached word. And here we notice the transformational power of the preached word of God. They simply say, we don't want to leave the same way in which we came. I wish I had a witness. They, 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 they hear the word preached by Peter and they ask Peter a question. What shall we do? Which suggests they were thinking we cannot leave the same way in which we entered this place. What shall we do? We, we, we've been living this way for a long time. We've been doing these practices for a long time. But now you tell us about this Jesus. But now what? Help us today, God. What shall we do? And I believe, my brothers and sisters, after every sermon that you come in contact with, if it's infused by the Holy Spirit, whoever is preaching it, it should leave you asking the question, what shall we do? I wish I had a witness. What, what, what shall we do? How should we move? How should we operate? How do we take this word of God and apply it to our lives that we may be healthy citizens in the kingdom of God? What shall we do? Not, 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 only, not only does the preached word convicts and convinces, but it also offers an opportunity for conversion. They said, what shall we do? Peter gives them a plan. He said, one, you need to repent. Yeah, you need to repent, which means you need to change your thinking. Amen. You need to change your thinking. Repentance is saying, God, I want to please you more than I want to please myself. And repentance is not, not us just uh, uh, saying, I'm sorry, but it's saying, I'm sorry, I'm turning from what I did, and I'm not making a 360, I'm doing a 180, and I'm turning towards God. Because when my focus is not on the sin, and my focus is on God, it'll keep me from going to the sin. Peter says, repent. Not, not only he says repent, not only must you repent, but you need to be baptized. 
Help us today, God. You need to be baptized. Baptism, it is a public display of a private confession. Baptism is a public display of a private confession, right? Because if you never repent before baptism, you're just getting wet. Yes, sir. Because once you accept Jesus Christ after repentance, your heart is baptized. And too often we're more concerned about water baptism than spiritual baptism. Wish I had a witness here. Because we need God to transform our hearts and our minds more than we need people to see that we're connected to God through water baptism. Then he says, when you're baptized, do it in Jesus' name. Now, I know some, some people believe that the only way to be baptized is in Jesus' name. But this is not excluding, excluding the Father and the Holy Ghost, as Jesus tells us to do in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and in the Holy Spirit. But this was for, for these people. Peter uh, uh, particularly mentioned the name of Jesus because this was the one they denied. But he's the one that would deliver. I wish I had a witness here. He, he, th this was the one that they rejected, but he's the one that would redeem. This was the one that would be crucified, but he's the one who is the Christ. This was the one who they murdered, but this is the one who would be their Messiah. So Peter was telling them, every time you go to the water, make sure you say his name. I wish I had a witness here. Make sure you call his name. You rejected him. You denied him. You crucified him. You murdered him. But call his name because he's the one who will deliver for you. He's the one that will save you. He's the one that will bring you through. Is there anybody know there's power in the name of Jesus? The word of God must be Christ-centered. The word of God convinced and it co convicts. But finally, the preached word of God compels the sinner to come. It compels the sinner to come. The Bible says those who gladly received his word, were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Peter preached, telling the people, you need Jesus to save you from this perverse generation. And the same word Peter preached back then, it applies today. If you're watching this, you need Jesus. If you're hearing this, you need Jesus. If you're struggling with life, you need Jesus. If you're trying to figure out next moves, next job, uh, purchasing a home, if you're trying to figure out next steps, you need Jesus. I, I dare you to type that in the comment section now. You need Jesus or I need Jesus. Peter was just trying to let them know Jesus is the answer. And the Bible says they gladly receive his word. When the preacher is infused with the power of the Holy Ghost, 
he or she does not worry about what happens after the sermon because the reaction to the preached word now lies on the listener. I've learned, I've learned often uh, when I see people who are asking for money on the corner, if I have it, I can give it, and if I give it to them, I'm not worrying about what they do with it because I've made the choice to give it to them. Now it's on them to do something better for themselves with what I have given them. I wish I had a witness. Likewise, when I give the word of God, I can't can't worry if people accept it or not. All I have to do is preach the word. I wish I had a witness here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why they called Jeremiah the weeping prophet because he preached and no one turned. I wish I had a witness here. But my brothers and sisters, the word can do the work on its own. All you have to do is preach or teach and proclaim what God tell you to say. Text says, they gladly received the word, which suggests they took the word personally for themselves. They were excited about the word and wanted the word to work in their lives, which means the preached word infused by the Holy Spirit should always make the listener do something. I wish I had a witness. I, I, I love the black church. I hear, y'all hear what I'm saying? I love preaching to our people because when the word is going for, there's always somebody letting you know they hear what you're saying. I wish I had a witness. You don't know if they're applying it to their lives and living it out, but in this moment, I can hear somebody saying, amen, amen. I can hear somebody saying, preach, preacher. I can see somebody waving their hands because they understand Stand the power of the preach word. <clears throat> it's, it's personal. It's just for you. No one should never leave worship saying, well, that preacher show told them. But, but you should know that that sermon was just for you. I remember at my former church, a lady used to come to me always and ask me, were you preaching to me? <clears throat> And I will often say, no, I'll just preach to everybody. And God, he convicted me and told me you were preaching to her. Because every sermon is directed towards you. And can I tell you something? I've preached it to me before I preach it to you. I wish I had a witness here. So, so, so I've experienced the word, even if it cuts deep. So before I cut you with it, it I've already cut myself. I wish I had a witness here. Woo! Peter, Peter, Peter stands and he preaches the word of God. No mic, no sound system, 3,000 people are saved in one day. This can only mean one thing, Dr. B, that the people up front heard what he said and related to the people in the back. 
CT, this is not in my notes. Make sure we go over this during our podcast. Here, here it is. Here it is. It's 3,000 people. No microphone. <laughs> he preaches the word. I'm pretty sure the people up front had to take the word and tell it to the people in the back. Which help us understand that the preached word shouldn't just live on Sunday morning. The preached word should go to you and to your homes uh, and you should give it to the people in the back. I wish I had a witness here that he preached the word of God, but he does not have a sound system. So people in the back may have been relaying to the people up front. What he say? What he say? And Peter had to, uh, help me today, God, had to articulate this word in such a way that when he gave it to the people, they were able to translate it to the people in the back. I wish I had a witness here that can thank God that the word of God can live uh, no matter what mouth it comes out of. Don't just hold the word for Sunday morning. Share it with Pookie and Ray Ray you left on the couch. Share it with Shanika and Buquika as you sit in her, her chair and she put her hands in your hair. I wish I had a witness. Share it at the grocery store as you're talking to Bill and Tom. Share it. When, when, when you go to your favorite restaurant and sit down and eat a meal, share it when they bring you the check back, but you give them Jesus on the side. You need to give the word of God to the people in the back. Who, who's in the back? There's people in the back who never seen or heard a sermon before until they came across you. The people in the back are some of our black people who now have young adults who've never been involved in church or, or been inside of a church or, or don't know what church even means. Share it to the people in the back who's struggling just to make ends meet, just to bring things together, and they don't know how they're going to make it. I dare you to give them Jesus give it to the people in the back I'm finished I'm done but but I like Luke chapter 15 Luke chapter 15 is called the column of the lost and found in Luke chapter 15 you will see there is a lost sheep lost silver and a lost son the sheep is lost because of curiosity. The silver is lost because of carelessness. And the sun is lost because of choice. But, but you would also see, even though everything was lost, I wish I had a witness here, they were also found. But, but I like the parable of the woman who loses the silver. The Bible says she lost uh, this silver medallion. And when she lost it, the Bible says she turned the light on and she began to sweep. 
sweep the house. Y'all not feeling me in this place. You may not know how houses were built back then. They had limited lighting on the inside. And they often had dirt floors. But in order to find something that was lost, she had to turn, turn on her light and sweep through the dirt to find what was lost. Every Sunday morning that God give me a chance to stand and preach in this pulpit. It is my goal to turn on the light. Have I got one witness? Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. Have I got one witness? He shines down from heaven. But not only need I need, I need to turn on the light, but I need to sweep through some dirt. I need to move some dirty stuff in order to find the loss. Move some fornication. Move some drunkenness. Move some drug addiction. Move some things out of the way that I may be able to find that is lost. Is there anybody here that could thank God I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I can see thank God for the preached word of God I don't know about you but I love a Baptist preacher because every Sunday that Baptist preacher gonna tell that grand old story one Friday night on the hill called Calvary he died for your sins and mine I love that Baptist preacher because he gonna tell you every Sunday morning he stayed in the grave all night Saturday down front that Baptist preacher gonna tell you bright early Yes, sir. Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. Thank God for the preached word of God. It heals me. It delivered me. It sets me free. It shines on me. It's a mirror for me. Let me see my faults. It encourages me. It cuts me. It heals me. It breaks me. It puts me back together. It brings me down, but it lifts me up. It puts me out, but it brings me in. It focuses my attention. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the word of God. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.